Good evening, everyone, and you're in the cool room. Uh, I'm David Griffiths. I'm without Damien and our regular podcast co-host tonight, but we've got some very special talent in here with us tonight, and I'm really looking forward to this podcast, despite the fact that I'm a bit intimidated by the two men that I'm sitting alongside. The reasons why will become more and more obvious as the night goes on. Uh, a couple of little things to set the table before we uh, introduce our guests. First of all, I'd like to say a big thank you to uh, Travis Bristow, who appeared on one of our podcasts uh, about a year ago, and to Tony Skabecki, who's uh, come in to help us do all of the bits and pieces to make the noise come out right. And we hope that will work. Uh, as everyone who's a listener will know, that's completely beyond me. And um, if you haven't already rated and reviewed us on uh, Apple iTunes and various other podcast hosts that you might use, please do that uh, because that makes a big difference to how the world gets to hear us and uh, gives us more listeners. Um, So, two co-hosts tonight. Joel Bateman, who's a a long-term friend down here at the Royal Mail Hotel at 519 Spencer Street. Welcome along, my friend. Who's that? <laughs> well, my friend, if you keep saying things like that, I won't open that can of delicious, quiet deeds, low-hanging fruit for you. I'm, I'm super excited to drink this beer. Thank you for having me. Uh, I, I love the Royal Mail here. I'm wrapped to be able to do this podcast. I love your previous venues. Um, we met in a past life and a past bar. But uh, no, I'm super excited to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. And the beer you've given me to drink is I, I have a cold one in my fridge and I've had to fight with my fiance over her not drinking mine to the point where I went and bought a third one. Um, I've been so hyped. This is like the beer I've been the most hyped for for like a couple of weeks. So yeah, I've got quite needs low hanging fruit and I'm really, really excited. The good thing about people who, know, who are in wrestling is they know how to sell a product. Well, we'll see how we go as we introduce Casanova Valentine, who we've given nowhere near as exciting a beer. Casanova, an amazing American wrestler, deathmatch wrestler. He's going to drink his first ever Carlton Draft live right this very minute. That's the one on the glass, correct? <laughs> that is the one. We'll see, the, we'll see, this is the thing. Cass hasn't been sober since he got to Australia. He's embodied <laughs> He's embodied the Australian spirit so much. I think he's been sober a total of six hours since he landed last Wednesday. It is now Wednesday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Carlton Draft is our... How, how would you describe Carlton Draft to somebody who doesn't know Carlton did? But... Thank you, Tony. I thought we'd just let our international visitor describe it for for everyone who might be listening overseas. Do you want to try it? Yeah. yeah. The Bushwick Antichrist! The scum lord of the underground! The creator, the originator, the goddamn pioneer of the No Ring Deathmatch! The hipster heartthrob! Castle of Valentine is about to drink this swill! And I fucking see what happens! Sorry. It's a baby crying. Uh, it tastes like it's like you know like butt. It's very well, it's even less than butt. It's very. It's Tony, t- Tony's hands are raised in the air. It's very fun. It's very okay. <laughs> I can drink a lot of this. It's very easy to drink. Oh, we're off to a flight. Stop. We are. We are off to a flight. I'm gonna try not to yell so goddamn loud. <laughs> And for everyone a minute ago in the podcast who was wondering why I was feeling intimidated, I was sitting across from these men. I was waiting for him to give me the wink, like, can you, can you come in? I'm like, I'm going to cut it big. I'm jumping right in, baby. <laughs> 
Uh, as the podcast goes on, I'll uh, let people introduce themselves. Yeah, I'll be progressively more drunk, so <laughs> hey, we'll all have fun. <laughs> That's the spirit. Look, the, the one little last bit of table setting that I'll do is to explain that we're recording in mid-March in Melbourne, Australia, and uh, the night that we've all got together tonight was going to be death match down under two at the Royal Mail Hotel, and we were really looking forward to that opportunity. That opportunity has been cut short by uh, the coronavirus, and we don't want tonight to be a miserable night, but we do really want to acknowledge that there's a whole lot of people whose lives are going to be uh, really badly affected, and that aside from the people who are going to have some pretty awful health outcomes and obviously family outcomes out of that, there's also a whole lot of people who work in the industries that tend to listen to our podcast uh, whose lives are going to be really badly impacted. So if you're listening in the next couple of days, or you know, we're recording this on the 18th of March, then we hope that everything turns out as well as it can for you. And um, we hope that if you're one of those listeners who comes back and listens to old podcasts, so if you're listening to this at the end of 2020 or 2021, then we hope that this sort of you know gives a little bit of an insight into how we're all thinking about the world uh, on these kind of days. And we hope that everything's much better by the time you're listening to us in the future. Um, but let's crack on with some fun. We've got these traditional... Well, well, real quick, though, if everything goes tits up, I'm going to be the warlord here. So get ready for Mad Max. I'm going to have a leather on. I'm going to have a Jason mask. And uh, I'll be kind, but stern. So, all right, just like... <laughs> He's based in the Inner West. Cass, can I say just how grateful I am that you actually agreed not to wear the Jason mask for the podcast? I mean, it was Who really. Who wants Bart to town? We've got a whole lot of traditional questions. Normally, we'd go with one guest and then another, but I thought what we might do tonight it's is just sort of do a little round table. So, uh, our first traditional question is. When and where did you have your first drink? And Joel, do you want to kick off on that one? We, and we always say, it's not, you know, the first little polite sip of something that your mum slipped you some tea, Maria. We're talking about the time that you woke up feeling cooked the next day for the first Ooh, time. Oh, this is a tough one. Well, I'm um, glad I sent you the paperwork a week in advance. Yeah, so no, so uh, me being the consummate professional I am, Dave sent me the run sheet a week ago and I looked at it 90 seconds ago. Um, <laughs> so I could have come up with a, a better answer than the one I'm going to give. I, so I left home really, really young and I used to spend all my time at an inner cafe when I wasn't at home or at school. And we did, I remember we did a lock-in one night and then sat around and played Counter-Strike and uh, like pre-early esports, which I'm watching with my fiance at the moment. Um, but I remember drinking an entire carton of Woodstock. Uh, do you remember the Woodstock bullet cans, the 440 mil cans from like the I'd early like 2000s? to say that this was the first time that Woodstock had ever been mentioned on the podcast. It's not. I can't even smell Woodstock now without like feeling genuinely ill. Fuck you, laugh. Um, oh, can we swear on this? Yes. Excellent. Yes. Great. Otherwise, thank fucking God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you changed your tune from that Satan thing a little while ago. <laughs> ah, yes. Um, yeah, so I remember drinking like a bunch of Woodstock that tasted like Coke and then waking up the next morning and wondering why my brain was too big for my skull. <laughs> Cass, where did you have so your So this is the first, first time I ever got, not my first drink, but the first time I got fucked up. Yeah, the first regret. <laughs> the first regret. One of the worst experiences in my life was uh, I was going to head to this party and I had this crush on this girl and she came to pick me up to take me to the party and I was so fucking nervous that I drank like half a bottle of Jameson before she got there <laughs> and then I was because I was just like oh 
nervous. Uh, she's going to get me. And I got so drunk that I puked in her car. And she just took me straight home. I never even made it to the party. And uh, and then I was supposed to, I do artwork and so does my, my brother. And he got commissioned to do this giant mural at this sporting goods store. Like it was getting paid a lot of money and we're still in high school. So it was like a big deal. There was a lot of money for him at the time. Then I was supposed to help him. So the next day I'm on scaffolding 20 feet in the air trying to paint. And I puked like eight more times and he had to do a whole <laughs> 20 foot mural by himself because I was dead, dead to the world. So I didn't get any of the money from that. He kept all of it. So uh, yeah, really screwed the pooch. Uh, no babes, no money. And uh yeah, and, no and your one first hangover, hangover was on scaffolding. That I mean, was the worst the... hangover my entire life. I probably had alcohol poisoning. Like, I probably, I probably should have gone to the doctors. <laughs> it was real bad. I was like shaking and dry sweating, and now I just do that every night. So I just, I just learned to cope with it. <laughs> now, guess what? We're moving. You know, for you, you're in Melbourne. You've obviously, you know, been drinking fine drinks like Carlton Draft. I believe the first beer you had when you got off the plane was a. The first beer I, I had a VB. VB, yeah. I, I've been drinking VB and the goat. Yeah, I've go, been drinking goat and goat slaga. We, yeah, which is much better. There's a grocery yeah. store down the block, Coles, yep. and it's the only place I know on the block, like near me, because I don't know <laughs> shit at all. Uh, so I've been every day just going down and buying goats, and I keep saying it's for the house, for the people I'm staying with. Hey, I'm going to get some beer from the house, and I drink all of it. <laughs> I'm going to replace those beers I got, and then I drink all of it, and then I. I don't know why I'm putting the straight up like it's for anyone else. It's, it's all for me. You're fooling nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a weak attempt. But, uh, it's like 16-year-old kids who go into the chemists and buy jelly beans and you know various other things and then just surreptitiously get the condoms on the way to the counter. <laughs> yeah. These might come in handy one yeah, day. More like a teenager who drinks their mom's vodka and then fills it up with water and gets yeah. it back in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been, and then mom pulls a vodka bottle out and it's frozen solid and wonders what's going on. I'm going to break kayfabe here and let you know I am so hungover. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I wasn't joking when I said yeah, he's been sober I've been on holiday, you know? Um, <laughs> plus, you know, like as he said, we're supposed to do a show here tonight. And once I know I had no more responsibilities, <laughs> I'm already reckless to begin with. And I was like, oh, even less responsibility? Now I have nothing to do? Well, I, can, I can shoulder that less responsibility. Oh, yeah, well, full disclosure, we were meant to go to the zoo today. And, uh, <laughs> and I messaged him, and, like, so, so, so and like last night, I was like, oh, I spoke to my fiance. And we're like, oh, all right, cool. We'll work out a time to go to the zoo in the morning. And we're like, oh, yeah, mid-morning, it'll be fine. And then I forgot to message him, my mistake. And then I get up, but a relatively normal, I message him at like 8, and going, hey, what time do you want to leave for the zoo? He messages me at like 10.30. I'm like, it's not happening. He's like, it's not happening. Why not? I'm still drunk. I'm going to bed. What time do you need to pick me up for the podcast? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel so bad. It's just, before we get into all the beer stuff, Joel is such a sweet guy. We've been friends on Instagram because I work at a, a brewery that he's a fan of and he's both wrestlers. And he's, he's such a good dude. He's been helping me out. He got me to stay with his friend. He uh, helped me out with everything to get these shows put together. And I repay it by just being a schlub and getting drunk <laughs> and missing all the nice things he's trying to do for me. So I apologize for who I am as a person. So <laughs> Joke's on him. He's been here a week and hasn't seen a kangaroo yet. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen a kangaroo. I hate to be that American, but like, I really want to see a kangaroo. I'm sorry. I just want to. I'm devastated because I was really going to ask Tony here to, uh, to cut in some, you know, a Lou Reed perfect day of, you know, we just been seeing oh. animals in the oh. zoo. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the, the idea of you two wandering off to see the fairy 
three people's yeah. uh, was just go, was gold in That'll my be mind. Friday, and I'll make sure it goes on his Instagram. Yeah, I'll make. I will make sure we get some good videos. But uh, yeah. I do want to go to the zoo. Honestly, I uh, just want to see some stuff I don't get to see. Yeah, kangaroos and echidnas and shit. Yep. Well, right now I've just been seeing uh, women with uh, mullets and face tattoos and drinking with them until 8 in the morning, so yeah, switch it up. See, Welcome Andrew. to Melbourne. <laughs> you're pretty summarized, you're summarized up uh, in a Melbourne Yeah, <laughs> Joel, I know you're a crafty fan, so one of our sort of regular questions is, what was the first time you remember drinking a craft beer. Well, far away. So, I, and it was something I was going to cut in with earlier. The beer I was drinking that I was finishing before we get onto the beer you provided us was Two Bird Sunset Ale, which was one of the first craft beers I ever had. The first craft beer I ever had, I, if I had to go back to one, it was probably Hitachino Nest Ooh. from Japan. Uh, there is a bar out in Werribee called The Park. Um, that for a very long time was the craft beer institution in this city. Uh, and I, I worked there, and I drank there, and I ate there, and I, I spent a lot of time at the park. It's a place very close to my heart. Um, and I vaguely remember having some kind of effervescent that Jess had given me, and then I went there and went, oh, I really like this kind of beer. What have you got? And then I remember them distinctly giving me a hit of Trina Ness White and charging me $10 for it, which is actually <laughs> relatively reasonable when you think about it. Um, and That's fantastic because the Hitachino Nest label looks more like a fairy penguin than perhaps any other beer label in the world. It's an owl. No, it's a short owl. It's, it's a, a happy owl. Show, show, show me a tall owl. Uh, have like you ever come uh, you know, face to face with a powerful owl out in the Glenelg National Park? No. Oh, fair answer. <laughs> 1.5 metres t- tall. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Hitachino Nest White was kind of the first one, and geez, that would have been uh, six ish years ago. Uh, and then, yeah, I found Two Bird Sunset Ale, which was like the first not lagery uh, Hefeweizen beer that I had, and went, oh, beer can be dark and taste like biscuits. This is amazing. And you've always drunk bird related beers ever since? Um, pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it narrows the field. Yeah, I have a very narrow spectrum of beers that have to be entitled after birds and things with feathers. And Cass, how about yourself? Yeah, in terms of beers that you know were outside the mainstream and things that weren't Jamison. Yeah. So my my brother, uh, I'm the youngest of five. We're a, we're a Roman Catholic Italian, so there's a lot of us. Uh, my brother is actually very big into beers and craft beers, and so where I grew up. Um, so Castle and Valentine's from Bushwick, Brooklyn, but Christian grew up in upstate New York. So uh, <laughs> um, I grew up in a small town outside Binghamton, and we're not far from Cooperstown. Um, and so there's, uh, well, God, the name's skipping me right now. There's a Cooperstown brewery. They do uh, uh, Hennepin. Fuck, what's the name of... You, you keep talking, stop talking. Look at that, well, I can't yeah, think of the name right now. I, I literally had it one second ago. I was like, I can't wait to tell I actually have a beer story. Uh... Omegang. Omegang Brewery is where is in Cooperstown where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. And so I had a Hennepin, which is like this lemon uh, Hefeweizen, and it's super good. And I remember... Is that what it is? Yep. Am I got it right? Okay. Keep going. Yep, Omegang, yeah. Yeah, uh, Omegang is a really good brewery. Um, my brother's made, you know, take me there to visit a couple times. Um, but yeah, that was the first kind of cool craft beer I ever had. And they come in really big bottles. And it was delicious. I didn't know beer could be delicious because I was a punk snot nosed kid just drinking PBRs and whiskey and paying uh, homeless people to buy me beer. <laughs> you know, like, so I was just drinking. Uh, it's just the worst stuff. Like he's an entrepreneur. Yeah, <laughs> like like in New York, there's like in the states, the bad beer is like 
a bush and like uh, Natty Bo and like it's just like well Natty, Natty Bo's good there's, other, there's just a lot of bad beer especially when you're a kid um, so that was the first good beer and I was like oh this could be fun this isn't a thing I'm just forcing down to get the courage to talk to girls <laughs> this could actually be fun you know but I mean I suppose the other side of it is like how much is a six pack of beer for a kid in New York because like I, I remember and you, and you were too trying to buy beer here like yeah and it's something that comes up all the time mm. the difference in beer prices you know so fucking excise thanks liberal government um <laughs> Like, how much is a six-pack of beer in the uh, Or a six-pack of PBR? A 12-pack of PBR is like 10 bucks? 12-pack of PBR is yeah. 10, like 10 bucks? Fucking hell. So to give you, like, the tall cans, yeah? Like, like oh, this no, size can? So, so we get PBR in this size can, for those of you who can't say it's a soda pipe can. Uh, a six-pack is 20 bucks Australian. What? Yeah. Of PBR. Like, yeah, it's important. Even Ridiculous. Like, even like our local beers. What's a six-pack of draft of VB go for these days? I don't know. I don't uh, if you're buying it as a six-pack gift, 15, I reckon. 15, I was, absolutely I was buying goats, and they were 20 bucks for yep. like a six-pack. Yeah, but yeah. goats kind of like the equivalent of, for you, like Brooklyn. Yeah, but like six bucks for, you know, I just want cheap, cheapo. Yeah, no, you know? you're totally. <laughs> it's also partly because the whole beer industry sort of marketed around, you know, making you buy in bulk as opposed to sort of buying a, a whole range of fun nice things that you can have it's uh, buying one slab of this and can you, you so i you know i'm an ignorant american so you can fill me in a little bit more because i don't know if i fully comprehend this so there's a ta- expensive tax on beer so i'm sure everyone listening will know this but i don't no no, no. well that's the thing like you're probably dead you're probably better yeah uh, no it's, a, it's one of the big issues and it's a genuine political issue was it the last you know, federal election that we had, yeah. where both parties offered up quite different visions to, you know, particularly for craft brewers. So there's a tax called excise tax, just to take it another step down. So there's a tax called excise tax, and it's all about how much percentage of pure ethanol is in any container, whether it be a can, whether it be a bottle, whether it be a keg. And the breweries have to pay that tax based on how strong the beer is. Why is that tax? Like, why is that heavily taxed? Well, so this is the thing. It's a high tax. Yeah, because the government sucks. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so don't even get me going, okay? All the gang for all the turnbuckle are over there listening in, and I was—they've been remarkably silent so far. Yeah, until I had to talk about the government. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a thing called excise tax, and it's the big difference. We pay the most in tax in the world for beer. So but is it—is it because it's something hard to get here? No, it's just the government's worked out a way to create. Because we have a thing here called GST. So you know how in the states, not everything includes tax. Like yeah. you'll see a six pack of beer for six ninety nine, but that doesn't include tax. Here we have GST, so any goods or services automatically has 10% tax built in. 10%? Built in, though. So what you see on the on the label is what you pay at the counter. Because I, I know, like, when I went to America, I got fucked around on that a whole bunch. Because oh, I'd see a six-pack of beer, and it's six ninety nine. dollars no, I go up no, to the counter, it's nine bucks. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so here, it's, it's all the same. But yeah, excise tax is something they charge really heavily. And I know something for the positive that they've just changed. Uh, it's all about what uh, vessel the beer is in. Like, I know with keg beer, up until the last election, it was 49.5 litres and below had a higher tax threshold. My question is this. Why does the government stick so into beer? This is weird. Like, why do they care so much? You've been drinking since you got here. <laughs> <laughs> the government alone has made so much money. Oh, yeah. In it's about my pay. <laughs> so imagine that times 20 million or so. Oh, it's just interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's a um, lot of fucking I've money. I've got to say, yeah. when I sat down 20 minutes ago, I didn't think we were going to be having the taxation of 
Australia. But I mean, that's like one of the main differences between Australia and the rest of the world. Because we, like, if you go to, like, a reasonably upscale place, like I know Jess and I like Brooklyn Lager, like, what would you expect to pay for a Brooklyn Lager here in Australia? $10, $12? And, like, I don't blink an eye at $10, $12. I know how much the can of beer you put on our table costs, and I don't blink an eye at that. Other half, which is one of the most reputable breweries out of New York that's going to come up uh, in the very near future. That just fired me today. Yeah. But it's just... Just so I can know. It's the nicest, on it. but it's the <laughs> nicest firing I've ever heard. Um, other halves of beers here will go for twenty five bucks plus per can. Well, also it's yeah. hard. It's harder to get. It. But so, like, okay, so like Garage Project did a collab with uh, Other Half Brewing uh, that was really amazing and well over twenty dollars for this size can. Wow, that's a so for a pint can for those. To give you an idea, I work at Other Half. Um, I've done every job there. Kegging, uh, everything except for brewing I've done there, but now I'm currently a doorman there because I was getting tired of carrying kegs and wrestling. I was like, get old, it's too hard on my body to do both. So now I'm the doorman. <laughs> Wait until you my age can, and yeah. kegs are in. So a four pack of Tall Boys is 20 bucks. Uh, other half. So five bucks a can. Yeah, five bucks a can. So you're paying the price so we're of paying, four pack. What's that? Three, or is that three hundred percent more? Or what's so? Uh, well, how many percentage more is it? A lot. Three hundred percent more. A lot more per can. And like you take out. Yeah, he's a smartphone. Okay. That, that's US dollars. Though, so convert it's ten bucks. But even still, that's true. That that's still hundred percent more. Yeah, you're just paying for. You get in the whole tax. Yeah. In tax, we're paying 100% more. more. Okay. This crazy. is more than vaguely re- reminiscent of the fact that I married a woman who was an English teacher and who decided to be a lawyer and then turned out that her favourite bit of the law was taxation law. And it was just like I was going to front a judge and say, if there's ever any time that you should be allowed to, you know, file for divorce, it's surely you're an English teacher and end up with a, you know, a taxation lawyer. Yeah. Thankfully, she's done other fun law things instead. But I love taxation conversations, gentlemen. Yeah. Also, you're very welcome. Me too. I didn't know this was one of my things. <laughs> I usually like loose women and uh, bloody fistfights, but also tax talk. Who would have known? We'll see. Yeah, I've, I've only recently admitted <laughs> to being a politics nerd. I didn't think I was a politics nerd until like the end of last year, start of this year. Yeah, well, and I've made peace with it. Again, I like bloody Stick around the Royal Mail. There's yeah. plenty more of that to come. Don't politics. worry about that. Um, you've already touched on the fact that you work at Other Half, and that you're until today, yeah, until today, and that yeah. your brother is a beer nerd. My brother's a big time beer nerd. Yeah. Um, has he worked at Other Half? My brother, um, no. Um, my brother lives in Arizona, so we're uh, all the kids kind of spread out. Uh, so, I had, so it's going to be really my question is, how does he feel about the fact that you were working it's, there? The one that's funny is I feel bad. I even told Joel because we when we start talking, he's like, "Oh, so many crap beers, you work at." Other half, I'm, like, I, I'm so sorry to be such a letdown because I just happen to work at a famous brewery. But when I'm not there, I drink PBR. And sh- I literally go to a bar and go, give me a shot of whiskey. And like, what type? I'm like, well, give me the well because I'm a garbage person. Um, I enjoy good beers. Like we do really good sours. The other half, um, we do we do really good beer, but like it's it's wasted on me. And so it's funny. Like my beer friends get so mad at me. Because, like, oh, my God, did you know that the double, you know, the uh, blah, blah, blah thing came out at other half today? I go, oh, yeah, did it? The dude, I waited in line for 15 hours. I'm like, oh, <laughs> did you? And, like, it's totally lost. It's like the equivalent would be like if my brother worked at WWF and was at Mania bored. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, give fuck all, you know? So uh, I feel bad because everyone else is so excited. And originally people would be like, Yo, dude, can you like get me a case ahead of time and hold it for me? I go, 
No. I just like, <laughs> totally didn't, like, I, I don't hook anyone up. I, I was supposed to bring, well, this is how much Joel's done for me. He helped me get, like, a place to stay. It's all, stuff. all I said is I'd bring him my other half shirt and I fucking forgot it. I forgot on my counter. I'm such a turd. I'm so sorry. It's fine. But uh, other half is a really great thing. And uh, real quick about other half, this is what's cool about other half. One is I got in early. I think they're only four years old. I think I've been there for three years. So when I started working there, there was less than 50 employees. So like I got in like super early. Thank God. Hopefully they give us shares of a company in the future. That'd be great. Um, but I got in early. And so I'm kind of like grandfathered in. They probably could have fired me multiple times. But I'm very personable. And they're like, ah, all right, you're fine. But um, now I somehow convinced the brewery to do wrestling shows so they do these big festivals in town badly yeah so they do pastry town and green city and rumor is they might start another festival um in the you know in, in near halloween but so somehow i've convinced my one job to pay for my other job so <laughs> now they pay me a load of money to get a ring guardrails and stuff these big wrestling so the last match i did before I came to Australia was for other half, and I did yeah, a, I saw a pastry food fight because it was pastry town. That was so fucking messy. It was I'm so, so messy. I'm so impressed you have the cream out of your jeans. <laughs> you I've had that problem since I was a teenager getting cream out of my jeans. <laughs> <laughs> now hold their fans. Zooming right along. <laughs> For a lot of our fans are not necessarily people who are into the wrestling world, and so I guess you know, there's going to be all these people who are going to be charmed by you uh, tonight, who are then going to go, oh, that Casanova Valentine, he sounds really nice. Uh, I must go and look up his, his yeah, wrestling You're not, not going to like it. <laughs> uh, the guys from on the turnbuckle are going to talk to you about wrestling things, but perhaps just for 30 seconds, could you describe what you do? And we have a whole lot of uh, people who are genuine in the arts you know, sector and work, and so... Your interpretation of what you do in so, that sense. I'll say the good crossover for this podcast is the majority of my no ring wrestling shows are in bars. So that's a correlation that most of the people could relate to. Yeah. Um, so I wrestle. I'm a pro wrestler. I do normal wrestling matches. I usually don't like to do family friendly shows because I just feel like a rent a clown. Like, hey, kids. Oh, and it's just lame. You know, it's just not my life. Uh, so I started doing no Even ring. that was intimidating to sit across from though. Yeah, <laughs> it just wasn't for you get me. Um, I that's do... true. I'm quite thin. <laughs> yes, no. I'm way jacked. You can't see me. I don't know that. You know, I'm so jacked. Uh, but um, yeah. Uh, so I started doing. I do normal ring wrestling. I do a style of wrestling called deathmatch, which is amped up violence, which is like with. It's going to sound nuts to these normal people, but light tubes and barbed wire and very... It's like the horror genre, if, you know, for movies, that there's horror movies, so for wrestling, it's like the horror of wrestling. So it's like the more adult, violent wrestling. And I invented a thing called the No Ring Deathmatch, um, where I just fight in a punk bar with no ring. So it's just like a walking, talking bar fight. So that's why I came to Australia was to do... A couple of these matches. One was supposed to be here tonight, but everything, you know, it tits up. So uh, instead, I'm just drinking and talking to you guys. But yeah, I'm a pro wrestler. Um, I'm more known for that, but I do every kind of style of wrestling. But the niche is what's got me here, so I'm just going to ride it out to tools. <laughs> and then Joel, who's my co host tonight, I mean, he's the man who brought you here. I'm just on the wrong side of the table. I'll go and take the. And Joel fought me. Me and Joel fought. We got along with this. 
It's amazing how we bury the hatchet because we're doing we're getting one fine. Look, actually He did not bury a small axe in my hatchet. I only said it because there was a whole lot of hatchet talk on Sunday afternoon. Oh yeah, we came in here to kind of walk through the Wednesday show, and I definitely grabbed a prop that we were going to put an axe through tonight. But I'm glad that our little black table leads to fighting. Yeah, wait till COV. Can I just say real quick? This place that you own is a very nice. It's not the not to the type of places I usually do. Usually, it's like where's the shitter? It's covered in graffiti. Yeah, uh, this is actually a very nice place. It would be kind of interesting. It's a reputable establishment. Yeah, Casanova. <laughs> it's very to fucking shreds. Yeah. Like. I'm not usually allowed in places like this, so uh, it's very nice here. So it would have been kind of funny. To see what the fuck that would have been like. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? But uh, yeah, we did an O-Ring Deathmatch on, on Friday, and it was a, a lot of fun. First time in Australia. Um, we did the first and the second O-Ring Deathmatch in the space of about an hour. Yeah. Uh, I, I, look, I, awesome. I, I, did the, I did the gentlemanly thing and drove from Bar Open to the toe. Cass walked down Johnson Street covered in blood. He was jumping the street. To be a fly on the wall the of all of the 21-year-olds going, what the fuck? kind of thing is this yeah I, it would have been amazing but uh no yeah, it's not carrying people at the Flimkin Bowls Club covered in as in the Lawn Bowls Club covered in blood yeah so, and but the that's the Flimkin Bowls just Club just keep on driving that Flimkin that's the Flimkin Bowls Club though I'm sure there's been motors on that to flag yeah so I uh we did the first show at Bar Open yeah me and Joel had a banger I think that match was very good I, 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 I really can't wait to watch it back um the clips I saw look great uh Joel's a great wrestler I, I think we had a really good match um, and then I was trenched in blood, got my bag, and walked to the uh, hotel to the second match. <laughs> and the other match, I was just like, what do you guys want to do? And we were like, the, the band just got done. We got to go. I go, oh, fuck. We'll do this. And then, uh, so the, a lot less preparation for the second match, but it's still very good, I feel. Um, it was really fun. So I got to referee the second one, and there's a part in it, and I've spoken to the participants. So I reckon I'm going to cut you off here. Yeah, this is a really good thing to keep for the on the turn. No, because uh, yeah, we'll move. We'll take the rest we'll of the get conversation back to delicious offline. But there was one beer thing. Oh, this, a beer thing. Because like in the match was a gentleman named Callum Butcher, who is the most young, innocent deathmatch wrestler I've ever met in his life. Who's sitting over in the corner looking young and innocent? He's sitting looking incredibly intimidating. Can someone can someone get Callum a pick? So he feels happy. Also, I don't know if Cass is in a pickleback, but we should take that offline and follow oh, Pickleback, so we, I know what a pickleback is. Yeah. And we were talking frickles before as well, so you know, but frickles, picklebacks. Cass are, picked up a keg and threw it at Callan. Now, I, having worked in the beer industry oh, for a number Lord. of years, know what a keg weighs. Cass, who's worked in the beer industry for a number of years, oh, know how heavy a keg he is. Callan, who was young and innocent, had no fucking idea what was oh, coming at him. And the, The context for this, my (laughs) friends, is that I have a very small cut on my index finger from trying to stop a keg that was rolling down the hill uh, at the Royal Mail on Street Street, uh, on Friday. And that really hurts. That's why I'm not shaking hands with anyone this week. It's not coronavirus. The slightest nick has sent yeah. me into a spin. But that was my favorite part of the whole match, where Cass picks up a 35-kilo keg <laughs> and throws it at Callan, who thinks it weighs the same as a trash can and knocks it off. <laughs> and I'm looking at Callan as I'm saying response, but I think, he's, I don't think he's actually got his breath back from that moment, is it? Well, by the way, real quick, uh, I know it's wrestling talk, but I wrestled against Joel first, and the second one, I had to do a triple threat, 
literally, like I do deathmatch tournaments, which is multiple rounds. We have to wrestle more one time, but you get a bit of a breather. I literally wrapped up, trapped, they dunked a pint and then went down. And so when I called the next match, I go, here's a great idea. You guys jump me, suplex me, and I lay down on the ground for five minutes. <laughs> and you guys figure the fuck out because I'm going to be exhausted. So that was my goal. I'm like, that was my good, my good vet call. I go, here's a great idea. I sleep for five minutes and I come back. Back when I used to do a wrestling podcast, we used to joke that The Undertaker would put up a beanbag in the corner of the ring in Rio Royal Rumble and just get my beanbag out and I'll sit down there and call me in half an hour. Can I just say real quick, I made my name as the king of the no ring death match and my whole character is about like being a sleaze, going out and partying and being a scumbag, but God do I wish my gimmick was. My name's Castle Valentine, and I believe in a bounce breakfast and eight hours of sleep. <laughs> I am so tired on all these trips, and I have to keep up the appearance of this. I'm God, I'm tired. Well, that's the gimmick. Well, it's almost like there's a virus that's taken over humanity that means he gets to go home. Yeah, yeah like forced break. Yeah. yeah. Now I've got two more questions. Okay, sorry. We're going back to beer. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. Yeah, it's a, so the first is not even necessarily beer related. It's just. I'd like to ask you both, start with you maybe, Joel. Your favourite place to drink anywhere in the world, your favourite, just when you think back and go, there was a day, like for me it's actually, it could almost be a glass of wine in my hand, it doesn't have to be a beer, awesome. Places you're drinking spirits are a great party. So I have two and they're both really sappy and really gross. It's not man. No, it's not, it's about to get sticky in here. Oh, sappy. Sad sappy. Was it not like sappy? Was it the Canadian breakfast set from founders, which uh, is matured in uh, maple syrup barrels? Uh, no, but I have a funny story about that beer that I'll tell you that will take off wine that involves a Byron Ascot Vale, and I'm pretty sure there's two <laughs> kegs hiding under the floor there because I'm the only guy who can get them out. Um, but um, I'm genuinely intrigued. Yeah, you should be. Um, it's right around the corner from where you're old, but I used to be. Um, but Jess, who's now my fiance, surprised me on my birthday, and she's like, oh, okay, look, put a couple of days aside, I've got a surprise for you for your birthday. Comes to my house, picks me up, and goes, we're going to a brewery, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to Two Birds in Spotswood? No, we're driving to Bright, that's four and a half hours fucking north. Um, and uh, it's a lot of sobriety to get to the beer. That was fine. Uh, Bright Brewery is, for those of you who haven't been there, and I'm, next time you come, we're taking you there. It's the most amazing place. They've got decking the backs out onto this freshwater river that you can drink. Like the water's clean enough that you can drink, and they've got a diving board where you can do things into the river, and you can sit in a waterfall and drink beer, and their beers are really good, and they're made on site, and it's like, it was the end of August, start of September, but the weather was fucking perfect. So sitting out on that deck with like the mist is on like a 25 degree day drinking their IPA and it was like the first time I had a rash beer ever like a smoked beer and I remember having that beer and like having to put it down and walk away from the bar to like comprehend my thoughts because I've never tasted anything like That's that it's, it's a very very complete answer but, but like I've never tasted anything in my entire life like that up until that point that whole weekend is one and then the other one was when I proposed to Jess which was when Japan got fucking thrashed in the Rugby World Cup and we were in Osaka <laughs> I was on one foot because I destroyed my ankle dancing in a bar with Jimmy Havoc like four o'clock. <laughs> well, yeah. We might hold that one over for the second part of the interview. But I, I was on one foot and I, uh, there was a work colleague. He's like, I might as well. You know, you know. <laughs> was a work no, so this is the thing. I had a work colleague who was in Japan at the same time and I had to word her up because Jess's parents wanted me to film the proposal and I didn't know anyone in Japan in Osaka. And we happened to be there at the same time, so I had to kind of give them the Yugi and be like, yo, this is going to happen. But after Japan went, and then Japan got fucking destroyed, 
um, by South Africa and eliminated from the World Cup. Fucking destroyed. The beer we had after that, we went to a takoyaki place immediately after I proposed uh, in Dotopori in Osaka uh, and sitting there and drinking this. Uh, what was the name of the brewery? Help me out. On a beer podcast. Pressure's yeah. on. Fuck it, for the sake of the argument, let's say it was Suntory Premium Malts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, sitting drinking Suntory Premium Malts on a really warm night with a couple of close friends, uh, having proposed, is probably the two best experiences I've got from drinking beer. Great answers. I genuinely great answers. Wait, watch, Cash Can I just say quickly how wonderful his girlfriend is, the, the stories he just told? My ex girlfriend wouldn't even cross the street for me. Right, so this is mind blowing. Uh, my favorite place to drink a beer, like my favorite beer memory. Or yeah. any drink anywhere. When you, where do you remember just having a drink and going, life is good today? I'm trying to think of a, a, a rating. <laughs> not, not, uh, you can do it. So you can, yeah, they take it explicit. He, that's what editors I'm gonna, do. Well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I don't know, man. It might cost me my WWE contract. <laughs> <laughs> For me, like, when I'm happiest is honestly, like, um, there's a metal bar near my house called Lucky 13 Saloon, yeah. and I just love that That kind of encompasses who I am. I'm just a scummy dude who likes to look at girls dancing with a beer man. So, I wish I had a more sweet Sterling Jolzer for that. I like looking at butts and pound buds. Uh, but that's what I like. That's what I'm a simple man. Next I know what I like and I like it. <laughs> and your answer to that one is, makes me genuinely interested to see what your answer to our last question is. Oh, I can't. <laughs> oh, I'm very excited. So, I don't even know if you know, know the name of the podcast that you're on right now, but it's, uh, it's I, the I cool room. Him, oh, I know Joel does. Yeah. He told me it's the cool room. It is it's the, the cool, cool room. Kids. And I don't know whether whether you use the same terminology in the US that we use here, the cool rooms where you the store walk-in cooler. Yeah, absolutely right. I cried in a lot of those in my early twenties. <laughs> I thought we were gonna wrap this up in five minutes, but I think maybe we've got a whole uh, uh, issues I gotta work through right <laughs> And so therapy was our, our final question that we ask everyone who comes on is what's the weirdest or strangest or most disturbing moment that you've had in a walk in cooler. Oh, oh, I actually um, have a, a good story for this real quick. You go first. Uh, <laughs> I was bouncing at a place in New York called Union Hall. It was a real kind of bougie-ass, boring-ass place. They had bocce ball in there. It was kind of a gimmicky place. Um, the girl I was seeing at the time savagely broke my heart and dumped me, and I had even talked to another woman since the breakup. I was devastated. Like, I, like I said, crying and walking coolers. I had just moved to Brooklyn with the girl I love. She broke up with me, basically said I was a loser, my life was going nowhere, and that's basically how I became a pro wrestler, because I was like, she's right, I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> and I decided to get into pro wrestling to not be a fucking loser. To not be a fucking loser. Everyone so, wins every match. I'll show you, I'm going to wear tights, you know? So, <laughs> And people are going to like me. Um, finally. So, at this I'll time... Be, I'll be pushing breakfast cereals in no time yeah. at all. So, at this time, my girlfriend had dumped me. I was bouncing and also bar backing on my other days. And I'd be cutting the lemons on the limes and have to take a break to cry in the walking cooler. And literally, the manager was like, Hey, uh, Christian... You gotta stop crying. Uh, it's real bad for morale. It's like bumming everyone the fuck out. 
Um, so this is the story. Is I was bar backing at Union Hall, and this again, one, this is like taxation talk. <laughs> 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 so two things I didn't think we were going to get to. So I'm bar back. There was listen, this is a great story. So I'm bar backing. I'm bar backing at Union Hall, and this beautiful girl comes up to me, and she has a little moleskin, and she's drawing. You guys know moleskins, are right? No. Uh, well, that might be. A moleskin is a little book. That you keep, that you draw in or write notes in. Oh, okay, like, like, a, like a little diary. Like a little book. I, I keep yeah. one loosely, and I doodle on it right now. Most things in Australia are kind of pants, as in okay. 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 So not diary. Okay, so it's just like a little sketchbook for like artsy types. Yeah. So she has a moleskin, she's drawing, and I go, oh, this is a nice moleskin. I like your drawing. I pull out mine, I show her my little doodles. And she's very, keep in mind, I haven't had any attention from women in like months and I've been weeping, right? So she's very sweet to me. And she goes, she's like, can you do me a favor? Can you draw something in my moleskin? And I'm like, I'm like, yo, this will be great. I'll draw something. I'll leave my number. Let's get me back in the game. This, I feel real good about it. So I was almost done with my, my shift. I go, well, I can't do it now. Can I do it one day? She's like, no, I got to go soon. Please. And I was like, what did I say? No. So this beautiful woman gives her draw in her sketchbook. I go to the walk-in cooler to draw something quick to put my number on it. Because I was like, this is sweet. What a good, like, almost like a movie. I'm going to meet her, then we're going to go dance, and we're going to love each other. Anyway, so I, I start drawing something, and my manager opens up the cooler. He sees me sitting on a tape drawing when it should be fucking working. And not only does he yell at me, but he takes the moleskin. <laughs> and I go, and his name was... Tim Rochester. He was a real asshole. So he takes the moleskin from me. I go, listen, I know you're mad at me. I know I should be working. But put yourself in my shoes. I just had to do a quick little doodle. It was sweet. You know? And I'm like, but it's not mine. You can't take it. Can you, can you just give it back to the girl? And he goes, no. I'm like, really? You're going to just steal it? He goes, yes. So I come back up to the bar. And this hot girl's like, listen, what did you draw me? I'm like, not only do I not have a drawing. <laughs> I don't even have your moleskin. He stole it. And at that second, too, this super handsome guy who was not there the whole time shows up and puts his hand on her lower back and says, What's going on, babe? She's like, This fucking guy stole my notebook. <laughs> and the complete opposite of what I thought it was like end night Shamrock twist. <laughs> it started out so well, went to shit immediately. So, like, I took a. A, a L for a chicken. She already had a boyfriend. I'm risking my job to draw this cute little thing. So that was my worst experience in a walk-in cooler. Fucking Joel, Joel, I can see that you're keen to follow. No, story. I can't. I, can't I, I was, I was about to say, I don't think there's any way you can no, follow that story. It's on that. No way. No. There's, there's times to draw a line under things, and that's probably the time to draw. He's <laughs> got a button. <laughs> Drawing oh, okay. yeah, no, 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 Complete trash. Yeah. Um, I've got to say that out of all the cool room stories that we've ever had, and there's been some genuinely disturbing ones involving sharks, involving placentas, involving uh, all sorts of things. That might be the most heartfelt and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, romantic. There's, one, there's one other one where I won't get super into, but. I, 
the second time I got stabbed once. The other time I almost got stabbed. Uh, I you mean not in the ring? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, just as, as a doorman, I've been stabbed. Uh, a bunch of people with knives were looking for me, and I hid in the walking cooler until they left. <laughs> That's a whole different one, but uh, we won't get that one. Take that one offline. Yeah. I was like, there's a lot. There's a lot of them wanting me. I'm gonna hide on this one, even though I'm a huge dude. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna hide this one out. <laughs> I reckon it's probably becoming very obvious to people that we could keep this going for a couple of hours. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but uh, that's a fantastic thing. I'm so grateful to both of you for coming on the show tonight. And it's I'm incredibly grateful to Tony again for doing all the pots and pans over there. It's the first time I've ever actually had someone sitting uh, with headphones on looking professional at the end of the bar. And um, look, the second part of this interview, if, you, if you've enjoyed this bit, is uh, going to be on on the Turnbuckle, who are a fantastic bunch of Melbourne guys who talk a whole lot of wrestling, uh, but it's really entertaining and really fun. Even if you haven't been into the wrestling scene before, uh, I really encourage you to go out there and have a listen to that. Uh, we'll post some links and some photos uh, onto our podcasts and uh, Instagrams and so forth to make sure that you can follow that. The fact that I've been uh, drinking the... Quiet, oh, yeah, well, low hanging fruit. I was going to say, were we meant to put the beer over at some point because uh, we were having way too much fun? Yeah, that's um, why I'm saying ah uh, a lot more now than I was earlier in the podcast. <laughs> um, low hanging fruit. Uh, like, I'm super excited. Low hanging fruit, fruit. It's just like the women I go for. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> 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 on that note, my friend, Cast please like and rate us and review us on all of the things that you might be having your yeah, uh, your podcast through. Joel Casanova, <laughs> um, an amazing uh, opportunity for me to sit down with you guys. I'm so grateful. And thank, thank you for being such fun guys. I had an absolute blast. Thanks. Yo, you fucking rule, dude. Yeah.